This episode is sponsored by the Villalobos Law Firm in McAllen, Texas. The Villalobos Law Firm's mission is to advocate for their clients with all of their experience, their heart, and spirit. They are there to guide and educate their clients about their rights under the law. They will protect and support their clients in the best way they can. They will protect their clients' interests during the good times and in the most difficult times. You can count on them for any legal matter that you may encounter. They will let their clients know that they can always count on them, just like family. Their practice areas are personal injury, family, family law, immigration, civil law, and criminal defense. To be part of the Villalobos Law family, you can connect with them on Instagram or on Facebook at Villalobos Law Firm. You can contact their law firm at 956-682-3939. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of Villalobos Law Firm located in McAllen, Texas. Muchas gracias. Hola, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Mujeres in the Know. Hello, everybody. It's your host, Natalie here, and I'm so excited to bring you a new episode for season three. For this episode, we have such an amazing special guest that I'm so excited to have on the podcast. Her name is Dina Sebnani. She's a certified Theta healer, a soul coach, and a wellness advocate. She's going to talk to us about so many amazing things, what she does, what things she's gone through in her own life, and how she's coached and mentored people people worldwide to live the life of their dreams. So let's go ahead and bring Dina in. Let's ask her some questions, get to know her better, and let's do this. So Dina, uh, first, can you share with us where were you born and raised? And can you tell us a little about what your upbringing was like? Sure. Hi, everyone. So my name is Dina Sunani, and I was born in the Philippines and raised in Hong Kong. Um, my parents weren't military. My dad uh, was born in the U. No, my dad was born in India, and he had gone to Hong Kong for a work opportunity. Came back, got married, brought my mom over, and then we've been in Hong Kong ever since. For some bizarre reason, she went to the Philippines to give birth to me. And uh, I came right back with a nanny. And uh, did all my high school in Hong Kong, actually, and I was done at about 16 years old. Though my parents were Hindus, we weren't a very religious family. My dad was a preacher man of sort, and he followed a guru, and that guru was all about just love and respecting one another. And so we'd have daily, not daily, weekly prayer gatherings in our house every Saturday and it was really interesting. So we didn't sort of follow the conservative upbringing that most Indians have and that like a lot of my family did. Um, So in a conservative, you know, extended family, um, my parents were the cool liberal ones. But it was really interesting growing up in Hong Kong, which was at that point a British colony. Uh, We spoke the Queen's English. I went to King George V school, but I graduated at 16. And I left uh, Hong Kong, believe it or not, at 16. I had no clue where I was going. I'd done my SATs, my PSATs, but didn't sort of apply to colleges yet. And my brother happened to be in the US already studying there. And so I flew over to LA and uh, just started at a community college. And it was really funny. I was 16 and the average age of that community college was 26. And there I was sort of bopping around, you know, going 
to college and they didn't have any dorms, um, got an apartment with some strangers and started, you know, life. And it was quite an interesting experience. And then I've lived in New York, San Francisco, Dubai, and been in Texas now for the past five years, but I've traveled to a lot of different um, countries. I have a huge extended family, so traveling was just a thing. That's amazing. By the way, me and Dina met at the OWE meeting, and I, I didn't get to tell you, but I love your accent. I just really, I didn't tell you in person. I wanted to tell you, but I get nervous sometimes. And But I, I really love your accent. It's just so beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's, it's funny. People can't sort of place where the voice is from, especially if you're just listening to the voice and not uh, seeing the person. And because I've lived in so many different places, my accent keeps changing. I was uh, doing a voiceover course uh, back in New York and he said, you have the voice of the new millennium because it was just an accent you couldn't quite place. But I appreciate that. It comes in handy when I do meditation. What is Theta Healing and what motivated you to become a certified Theta Healer? Uh, So I grew up, like I told you, in a really spiritual household. My dad um, and mom, my mom actually got into semi-precious gemstones and crystals um, back, oh, I think it was the late 80s. So they would travel to Tucson and attend the gem fairs and things like psychics and crystal healing. And all of that was um, very commonplace in our house. I actually did my first official healing course at the age of 15, uh, where I learned to send energy through my hands. And it was a Japanese healing art called Mahikari. And so it's been in my blood. I was always one of those uh, girls that people would come up to and say, Tina, can you send me good energy or have a job interview? Can you send me some good vibes? And uh, Or being that girl who people would come to talk to for advice and counseling. It's just something that has been throughout my life. And so I think it was in 20... I'd like to say 2011, 2012, where I um, discovered Theta Healing. I had a friend of mine practicing it and I had heard about it and I was in a relationship at that time that wasn't going (laughs) the greatest and so you know he was just like we can do anything you know wherever let's go speak to someone so there was a theta healer visiting town and uh, we went and got some sessions from her and um, six months later you know I broke up with that boyfriend at the time and went back to Hong Kong. Synchronicity, I was, the friend who was practicing it was planning on teaching it, but she was teaching it in Dubai and I was like, that's too far. And I looked into it and someone was teaching the course in Thailand, which, you know, from Hong Kong was super close. And my mom's like, go, just go. And I ended up going there. Not only did I do basic advance and manifesting first time, while I was there, the teachers there were telling me that, look, we're doing our 15 day intuitive anatomy course um, in two weeks, you should stay. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I ended up staying there and got into the world of theta healing and then continued on here in the US. Basically, what is theta healing? Theta healing is a healing modality that is 
that mixes science and spirituality. It's a healing modality that accesses the theta brain waves. When you're in a state of theta, your brain is between four and say seven hertz. Like you can see this in a brain monitor. You see those very hard to do on audio, but those spiky lines that go up and down. And on a normal basis, we're in beta when we're talking, interacting, when a beta state, as you go into a slight state of um, relaxation, meditation, when you're doing things like Reiki, you're in more of an alpha state, which is very good uh, to tap into and help heal with pain and then you go into theta which accesses just your consciousness right it's this deep state between waking and asleep and so this woman called Vianna Seibel founded it she healed herself from bone cancer and everything is um, recorded she's got several books out she's a Hay House author it was just something that you know, I was drawn to because there's two things you need in order to do theta healing and receive a theta healing session. And that is to believe in something that is greater than you, which could be source, universe, uh, universal energy, the energy of all that is, or God. Um, You know, I use the term creator of all that is. And the second thing is having personal responsibility. And so to understand that we have the power to change things within ourselves, whether as a healer or as someone coming to receive a session. For me, when I took the courses, I was, you know, obviously it wasn't too woo-woo for me. I understood some of it because throughout my life, that whole healing, spirituality, you create your destiny stuff was a part of who I was. I also ran two happiness clubs, one in Dubai and one in Hong Kong. And so I was really open to it and understood that we could tap into our own intuition and learn how to facilitate healings for other people. And um, that's when I got started. So 2012 is when I took the courses and I've been practicing ever since. I've had clients across the globe because I've lived across the globe and, you know, done workshops and spoken about healing, about happiness, about mindfulness and stress release and all of those fun things. So yeah, it's basically, sorry, just answer your question. It's basically a healing modality that allows a person to tap into their subconscious And in a session, we identify the root beliefs that are in the way of that person living the life they want or with whatever they come to me, if it's a relationship issue, they could present the relationship issue. But when we do the work in the session and identify the beliefs, the beliefs could be about unworthiness and not being enough and how that sort of might've been when they were three years old, but has been carried forward. And that's why they're attracting the people they do in relationships. So it's really interesting. And we use uh, muscle testing to check if the beliefs are being held with the body. And then 
the beautiful thing and the difference between theta healing and maybe mainstream therapy is not only do we identify those beliefs, we use the energy of all that is and with permission, uh, always ask permission from the person that has come to see me to switch those beliefs and change them and give them downloads uh, to be able to use those beliefs. So it's really transformative work. It's uh, I'm amazed at every session, but it's something that although I'm amazed, it's like, yeah, anything is possible. So yeah, I hope that answered your question. That's amazing. And so, uh, Nino, after you sharing with me that you've helped people all over the world, I want to know how can you help specifically people in the Rio Grande Valley with your Theta Healing Services? So I've already started doing that. I was actually invited uh, down here to the RGB um, by my aunt's nonprofit, nonprofit called Infinite Love. And... They invited me to come down to be a speaker down here because they have this beautiful community center where um, every Wednesday people would gather for a meal, a meditation. We'd watch like a TEDx or a Oprah soul session video and we'd do meditation and then um, have a sharing and dessert. And they brought in some amazing speakers down here to the Rio Grande Valley, uh, like Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, Anita Marjani, um, who wrote the book Dying to Be Me. We've had Kyle C's, all these like spiritual authors uh, we bring down to the valley and they had a Sunday speaker series. And so I was invited to come down here and speak. And when I spoke and I led a guided visualization, I actually had quite a few people sign up for healing sessions with me. Um, here in the valley and it was really interesting because there's a whole host of people who grew up in very religious um, upbringing but felt like there was more and theta healing is not a religion it's not anything that has to do it is just understanding that we're part of um, a creator of all that is like you know you could be any religion and still access theta healing, but it's more encompassing. And so down here in the valley, I saw several people and what happened was like, if someone came to see me, like this woman came to see me and after her session, she was blown away. She went and told her mother to come see me, her husband to come see me. And so I had come down here 2016 and I came a couple of times. And each time I came down, I had seen quite a few um, clients for healing and then in 2016 sort of end of 2016 when I was deciding to stay in the US again I ended up coming back to the valley after trying a couple of places I was like you know what the valley is a great place to to just get started when you're starting with nothing I had one suitcase and I came back here and the funny thing is, Natalie, that I just, I thought, oh my God, you know, I saw so many people here. This is going to go really well. And I created business cards and flyers, rented space, started networking, and it was crickets. Um, you know, I'd maybe see one client in a month, maybe two. And it was just very strange for me. And I thought, okay, universe. You know, your timing and I got a job. And though people do know that I do 
theta healing here. And just this past year, I've been more out and about really sharing what it is I do. Not many people um, actually know about theta healing and how powerful it is. But I've seen doctors uh, down here in the valley. I've seen judges. I've seen quite prominent people you know, executive directors that have, you know, entire continents that they're seeing. And the one thing that I hear in common is, oh my goodness, like the awareness they get in a session. Someone told me that they'd been in therapy for six months, but what we did in a single session was so much more deeper and they hadn't gone you know, to that level in the six months they were doing the work. And this is not knocking therapy. I think anyone who is helping anyone with their mental health and well-being is a godsend. And um, it's just the work that I do is is different and it does go deeper. Um, of late, I've been seeing uh, a lot more clients here in the Valley and sharing what it is I do. Can you share with us some insight on how we can be joyful during the holidays and how we can increase our joy and decrease our stress? You know, when you had just mentioned that to me and had put that on the flyer for the podcast, I was blown away because I literally just wrote an article uh, for Fame Magazine, Fame RGB, and it released yesterday on this very topic. So I was like, okay, synchronicity. (laughs) It's amazing. And yeah, the holidays can be really stressful for people right Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in this time where a lot of people have lost a lot of loved ones Um, and it's hard it's because we have all these expectations to keep up and that can create a lot of stress and it's not like you know we don't have enough stress going on in our lives with the jobs or the house or just staying alive And so some of the tips I give people are just, you have to put yourself first. Like you, you know, that sort you know, when you go flying and you, you get into an airplane and then the stewardess or the flight attendant starts doing their safety checks. And one of the things they do is they tell you about the oxygen masks and they say, when the mask drops, make sure you put it on yourself first and then help the people around you. And that's exactly what you have to do. It's because if you are not filling your cup, if you're not taking time for some self-care, you're running on empty and you're giving from, you know, fumes. And so it serves everyone. It's actually quite selfless to put yourself first and make sure you're taken care of in terms of, okay, you know, can I delegate something else to someone? Can my partner do something else? Can the people at work do something? Can my children chip in? How can this be um, easier? And I know mainly women listen to your podcast, so it's it happens to be that women take on a brunt of, you know, getting things done for the holidays. And so it's learning to slow down a little. And it's also learning to see what's really important. Yeah. What is important for you and your family? This race to get the best gift and make sure there's tons under the tree and, um, you know, making sure 
the dinners are fabulous. And then, of course, we have all the invitations, all the events going on, and it can get super draining. So again, it's picking and choosing, knowing that it's okay to say no, especially if that you knowing going somewhere is going to make you uncomfortable, not going to bring you joy, just going to stress you out, but you're going because of a sense of obligation. Really, really give yourself permission to say no to those obligations because you want to do, and this is another tip, choose what makes you feel good, right? You want to feel good during the holidays. You don't want to feel under those stressful situations and going to Aunt Becky's um, dinner and, you know, knowing those relatives are the ones who, you know, ask you so many questions and are always grumpy, negative Nancy's. And you're just like, ugh. You know what? This year, I'm just politely going to refuse. And you know what? They may be upset, but they'll get over it. But your sense of sanity is so much more worth it, right? Your sense (laughs) of, hey, what is important to me and my family? Like if you drag your family to events they don't want to be at, they're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. Another thing is plan ahead. Like this last minute rush for getting things, for getting your outfits, for getting gifts, for, you know, uh, planning things gets really tough. So if you can try your best to plan ahead, especially if you're traveling for the holidays, a lot of people go visit family. Right now, it might not be as common to fly across and go spend time with family. But if you're doing that, Make sure you're at the airports earlier. Make sure you get on the road earlier because there's going to be traffic. There's going to be delays. And if you just plan ahead for it, you're then in a, in a better space and you're not all um, wobbled out, right? Yes. And all right, so, I love that. Yeah, those are some of the tips. And like, also, you know, with the loved ones, maybe create a new tradition by honoring them, by having an ornament on your tree. Christmas is what you're celebrating. We have people in the Valley that celebrate different things, right? So whatever it is, finding a way to honor that lost loved one's memory, um, setting a space on the table for them, maybe giving a tribute to them, you know, at, at a time of uh, Thanksgiving on the table, sharing what you're grateful for, if it isn't too hard. And then to honor yourself, if it's really hard and if it's recent, allow yourself to not have to just fake putting on a, you know, happy face. It's yeah. okay to honor your feelings. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that, Dina. Uh, what is the personal obstacle you faced and you've overcame in your own life? And how did you overcome that obstacle? Okay, well, there's several. Um, it's really funny. People who don't know me and haven't seen what I've gone through in my life will, you know, look at my profile on Facebook. I'm all over social media. And they'll go, oh my God, look at this happy girl. You know, she doesn't <laughs> seem like she has any trouble in life and life seems so... Um, blissful but the truth is and what makes me a really 
I'd like to think a really good healer is that I have gone through almost any everything anyone could go through from health issues at the age of 14 I started developing um, patches on my skin which then turned into full-blown psoriasis from head to toe and so for majority of my life I had to deal with you know body issues and self-esteem issues and and I can remember clearly being in a train in Hong Kong and putting my hand to grab the pole to hold onto in the train and this Chinese woman uh, taking one look at uh, my hand and I had a little spots on my hand and she like in repulsion moved her hand away and gave me the dirtiest looks and just moved right away and people can be really unkind to you so I understand that. Another thing that I've really I've gone through was the loss of my father. Uh, me and my father were best friends. He was my mentor, my guide, like everything. And um, I held his hand as he was passing. And that was really hard. But what made it amazing was that he was the one who taught me what death was and because of my upbringing being so spiritual and understanding that we are souls and that we merge back into the super soul and that death is just um, a new beginning my father actually passed away on his 60th birthday uh, and that was 20 21 years ago yeah having to go through that and my brother wasn't there at the time he flew in a little later so i had to go my mother was distraught and i had to go make the funeral arrangements with like you know an uncle i had to go pick up the ashes i had to go pick up you know pick out the coffin and it's not an easy thing to do at any age and i was in my late 20s and just having that knowingness of how precious life is. I wake up every morning in a state of gratitude and that's the secret to get over these obstacles is this realization that life is going to happen to all of us, right? We're all going to go through things that seem challenging, that seem insurmountable, that seem like we'll never get through it. And yet here we are on the other side of it. And either you can struggle and and um, push against things and live this life of being a victim to your circumstance, or you can realize that in everything, we have a choice. We have a choice how to respond to things rather than to react to things. And when you invest in yourself invest in personal development invest in understanding your mind understanding how you can become the best version of yourself you learn things along the way on yeah okay i have a choice you know can i do anything about this situation if the situation's not in your control in not in your hands well the one thing i can do is change my mind about it change my energy change my focus right and so there's a lot we can do and so to me when i look back at obstacles 
there were many, there were financial struggles, there were, oh God, relationship issues. Um, you know, I, I had a tendency of getting in relationships that just didn't serve. And literally after my last relationship that was on again, on off again for five years, I was single and celibate for five years and I did the work on myself. That's when I got into the theta healing. That's where I started healing my own issues and taking responsibility for myself and what I was vibrating out in this universe. And I chose to make sure that I was at an elevated level. And now, you know, moving here a year later, I have this incredible partner who I've been with for four years and our relationship is just, you know, easy breezy and it's, it's a blessing. It's really a blessing. And so realizing the part you play in what you're creating in, in your world um, is so important. And so there are obstacles galore, you know, there's not one I can pinpoint issues yeah. with family. Me and my mother never got along. Uh, initially it was like cats and dogs and I was daddy's little girl. And only as I grew up, as I had more awareness, as I did my healing and, and it was only, wasn't only Theta. I learned Reiki. I went for different courses on personal development. I did Unleash Your Power Within with Tony Robbins. Um, I'm just a sucker for personal development because I understand that I am the most important person. And as I am vibrating at a higher frequency as I am making better choices as I am doing the best for me I am serving in such a higher capacity because what I do influences those around me and there's science behind this that when one person is radiating at compassion joy love energy and they're trained to do this they can affect about 70,000 people around them and this is all based on the heart math institute but as I began do, doing the work, you know, my relationship with my mother got better. It's not the best. And she's still my mother. And she still <laughs> has words for me. Uh, but I am so much more aware and I know not to take it personally anymore. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dina. Uh, the, so the, you just mentioned right now that you were single and celibate, did you say for five years? Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. So this has to do with, this is the last question is, can you share some advice for a young lady or a woman who is interested in taking the path to becoming a Theta healer? And what kind of advice would you give her and tell her just to always remember? Yeah. And this advice is for any young woman or older woman. It doesn't have to be a young woman, right? At any age, um, you can decide that, Hey, there's more to life. There's something else out there and I know I meant for more and when you get those niggly suspicions when you know that um, there's work to break, break through what I would suggest first is a you know have a session with a theta healer understand what it's about see how you feel and someone could resonate to so many different healing modalities there is tons, jingles of modalities <laughs> that are out there. And so I would just advise them, if you feel called, you know, try different things. I, like I said, I've 
done several different healing modalities and Theta was one that really fit with me because there was a mix of science and spirituality. It allowed me to access, you know, I always had a connection to the creator of all that is. And so for me to be able to use that along with science, along with healing, because anything is possible, or at least that's what I believe, I would just advise someone, A, get a healing session. If it's Theta, they can reach out to me here in the Valley. I don't know if there's anyone else who does uh, Theta healing in the Valley, but it's, you know, all across the world. Um, you can just go to the website, learn a little bit more about it, um, get the books, Theta Healing, you know, and Theta Healing Advance. There's disease and disorder. There's intuitive anatomy. Vianna Seibel has a lot of books out there with a lot of information. But if something in the healing world is calling you, that means it's time. It's time to explore your own healing and get to that next level. So the advice I would give is just try, go out, learn about it, speak to people, read, uh, but get a session for yourself and see what you resonate to. And that's truly important. I really think these sessions, um, the people I actually call forth are people who are not the ones who are at the beginning of their journey and living sort of in that victim mentality and just, oh, woe is me. The people that I see are the ones who are ready for more. They're like, there's something else and I know it, I feel it. They're doing the right things. They're, you know, on the path, they're around, but they know. And I liken the work I do to like a universal kick on the ass. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's time <laughs> for your soul to get over that edge and really expand. And so people come and see me and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this, this is what I needed. And it's so it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Dina. And I'm so glad that you're there in the Valley for the people there that need you. And uh, thank you for taking time to talk to me about, you know, yourself and we got to know you better and just about things that you've gone through in your life. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you, Natalie. I'm so glad I met you at that luncheon at OWE and that you reached out. Um, what a great way to get into the birthday month. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the listeners. And I looked at your podcast and I saw all the amazing women you've interviewed and I'm honored to be a part of it. So thank you very much. And thank you for doing this and sharing your podcast and letting people know, you know, who's around and what amazing people we have right here in the Rio Grande Valley. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mujeres in the Know podcast. It's your host, Natalie here. And thank you so much, Dina Sebnani, for being a podcast guest. I'm so excited, so uh, honored to have you on the podcast. You know, I just want to quote her very quickly. Let me go back to my phone. I wrote this down. Here we go. So this is something that she said. She said, as I'm vibrating at a higher frequency and as I'm making better choices and as I am doing the best for me, I am serving in such a higher capacity because 
because what I do influences those around me. There's science behind this that when one person is radiating compassion, joy, love, energy, and they're trained to do this, they can affect about 70,000 people around them. And this is all based on the Heart Math Institute. We have Dina Sabnani there in the Rio Grande Valley to serve you. So and if you were interested in finding out more about her services as a Theta healer, please reach out to her. She's an amazing mujer and she'll be glad to talk to you more about it. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. Remember to please stay safe out there. Cuidado, por favor. Bye-bye and adios.